0: From amongst our uh, three Biblical patriarchs, we know the least about Isaac. Abraham, we know, is a trailblazer. He's a passionate advocate for justice and he's God's partner and God's agent in sharing ethical monotheism with the world. And then Jacob was, for a portion of his life, a con artist and a trickster, but he also grows, he matures, and his wanderings over the years, he dreams of God's presence. He wrestles with the divine being and he emerges a changed man ready to bear the name and mantle of a people, Israel. And in fact, both Abraham and Jacob end up with new names as an outgrowth of their relationships with God, with Abraham's name being transformed with the addition of God's name, the letter He, to his original name, Avram, becoming Abraham, Avraham, and Jacob's name shifting to the aforementioned Yisrael. And then, in the middle of these two biblical giants, who each merited many chapters of narrative and divinely inspired or given names, we find Isaac. When we are reintroduced to Isaac, uh, the adult Isaac, at the beginning of this week's parsha in Toldot, we read, "Ve'ele Toldot Yitzchak ben Abraham, Abraham b'ulidat Yitzchak." This is the story of Isaac, son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac. Now, usually when we come across a biblical genealogy with the word toldot, meaning generations or story, as we see it translated here in our Eitzchayim, we then encounter a list of births, births from that parent and then keep following the descendants down the line. But instead of finding that sequencing here, when we talk about Yitzchak's story or generations, uh, instead, here we see something different. The text throws it right back to Abraham giving birth to Isaac. So, as the 19th-century Lithuanian commentator uh, the Netziv, who uh, his commentary known as Haamet Davar, this is actually referenced in our Etz Hayim here. This signifies that Isaac's life is defined more by his being Abraham's son than by any other single fact. And then after this reference back to Abraham in the text, the focus immediately shifts to Isaac's as yet unborn twin sons, which we've already talked about uh, earlier in the Torah intro, right? Jacob and Esau, and traces their unfolding conflict through the years, of course, leading us all the way to the the, the Haftorah and Israel, Yisrael and Edom and Rome and so on and so forth. So in a way that's hard to miss, Isaac's narrative is sandwiched between two much more compelling stories one of his father and one of his son. So what do we know about Isaac other than that? He was almost sacrificed by his father and that he became blind in his old age, and he couldn't tell the difference between Jacob and Esau. We know some aspects of his life are repetitions of Abraham's life, including initial barrenness for their spouses, the passing off of their wives as a sister to foreign Kings, and the digging of wells by Abraham that are excavated in the exact same places by Isaac years later. In this sense, Isaac's life seems to be almost a mirror of Abraham's life, with nothing added or innovated. And we also know that Isaac is the one patriarch who never leaves the land of Canaan, the land of Canaan. So what are some lessons we can learn from Isaac's life? I'll suggest three today. The first lesson, sometimes just making it through matters. Despite the traumatic events that he experienced in his life, Isaac never gives up or loses faith. He never turns his back on God when he could easily argue had every possible reason to do so. I mean, remember, his own father had a knife in the air ready to slaughter him on an altar as a sacrifice to God. How, how could anyone get through that and remain faithful? Surviving through trauma and living a full life afterwards and remaining a believer is by definition heroic. The most obvious and powerful example of this in our day and age is clearly the survivors of the Shoah, including, of course Max and Maggie who are on with us today, carrying on after that unimaginable nightmare getting married, having children and grandchildren, great-grandchildren, living Jewishly and contributing so meaningfully to their community and society, Max and Maggie and other survivors are heroes in every sense. Like Isaac, they have persevered and carried on despite all they experienced. And on any scale, even well below the incomparable level of catastrophe of the Shoah, because truly there is no comparison, When we, in in different moments in our lives and stages of our lives, when we survive trauma and we make it through to the other side and keep on living fully afterwards, it's praiseworthy and it's enough. Sometimes it's just, it's enough to do that. The second point, sometimes just carrying on our traditions is enough. While it's true that Isaac didn't do anything we consider groundbreaking per se, where he did actually literally break ground, was in redigging the same wells his father Abraham had dug, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. Carrying on practices and renewing old traditions can be just as important in perpetuating a civilization and a way of life as innovation and pioneering is at other stages in that civilization's history. It's easy to be constantly obsessed with innovation, especially living in a time when we just had to produce and broadcast our entire High Holy day experience, and when we're all looking at each other today through video screens. Yes, we have to constantly adapt and innovate, but it would be devastating if in the process we were to lose sight of the importance of, say, preserving Shabbat as a sacred day and institution in Judaism. If we were to lose our appreciation for gathering in person on Shabbat, sharing Shabbat dinner or Kiddush, Kiddush lunch together or refraining from using electronics and conducting business as if Shabbat was just like any other day of the week. This is the same Shabbat which has kept the Jews as much as Jews have kept Shabbat as early Zionist thinker Achad Ha'am once articulated. Tradition anchors us and enriches our lives and serves as the connective tissue between our past and our future. Isaac is to be praised then because when he redigs his father's wells, he teaches us that in addition to innovating and adapting, it's equally important to perpetuate the past into the present and the future. Without Isaac carrying the ball forward, who would have passed the teachings and faith of Abraham onto Jacob? As Dr. Peter Pitsola, renowned developer of the use of bibliodrama, uh, once read about Isaac. The prefix uh, re might stand as the key motif of Isaac's life. It's not his whole story, but it is the core. Re as in back again, the prefix of return, recollect, re- recollection, repair. It is not that Isaac is a lesser man than his father, only that the quality of his contributions is less dramatic and innovative. He is the middleman, the inheritor whose relation to the past is full of respect. And Pitzl adds one more thing. He says, without him, the stories of Abraham would have passed into oblivion. Isaac is the man who preserves the past, carries it into the present, and passes it on to a future. Third point, sometimes staying put and being rooted is exactly what we need. As I mentioned earlier, Isaac is the one patriarch who never leaves the land of Canaan. He doesn't leave because God instructs him not to, even when a famine befalls the land. The obvious solution would have been to go somewhere else, like go to Egypt, as his father Abraham once had in the same situation. According to the Midrash and Bereshit Rabbah, Genesis Rabbah, when God instructs Isaac, shchon Ba'aretz and Gur Ba'aretz Hazot, stay in the land and reside in this land. There are two phrases in back-to-back verses in the Torah, in our parsha. God is telling Isaac to cultivate the land himself and be a sower and a planter and cause the Shekhinah, note the play on words with the Hebrew Shekhinah, to dwell in the land. What's the Shekhinah? The Shekhinah is the divine, the feminine divine presence of God. Moreover, the rabbis in the Midrash compare Isaac's situation to what happens with a burnt offering without blemish intended for sacrifice in the temple. When it leaves the temple enclosures, it becomes at that point unfit for sacrifice. And so too, says the Midrash, would Isaac have become unfit to carry the mantle of God's chosen people if he were to leave the boundaries of the land of Canaan, eventually to be the land of Israel. His father Abraham before him left Canaan, and Jacob after him left for a whopping 20 years. But Isaac cultivated and sowed. And planted and in doing so planted his sacred roots and carved out a sacred space for the Shchina for the divine presence the Jewish community of our day and age seems to be cut excuse me from a different cloth than Isaac often restless to keep on moving building communities and synagogues and then in many cases within even a generation or two deserting them or no longer joining them for one reason or another now of course in many instances, this is because a quest for upward mobility in a society that now welcomes Jews much more than in previous generations. That's a good thing, right? That, that, that in fact, society is more open uh, in a vacuum. That's a really good thing. But when we are trying our hardest to be accepted and fit in, it's often easier to leave our traditions and roots behind. Isaac represents rootedness. He's intent on remaining in the land and reinforcing it as the present and future home for his family and ultimately his people. For him, that's sufficient, living his life in the land of Israel, faithful to his tradition and to his God. It may seem like an unremarkable choice, but it is actually invaluable. So in the end, Isaac does have a few things to teach us and model for. Surviving and making it through, carrying on our traditions, and remaining loyal to them and rooted in them and in the space, the community, or the land we've carved out as sacred is all essential to our Jewish present and our Jewish future. We don't all need to be leaders or attention-getting figures like Abraham or Jacob. We need people actually many more people who are willing to take the kinds of seemingly unremarkable, unremarkable steps that Isaac took to live their Jewish lives and Jewish values to proudly embrace and continue our tradition. Writer and Jewish educator Danny Siegel once explained leadership in this way. A great leader is not someone about whom we say, wow, I can never do what he does or she does. A great leader is someone who inspires us to say, wow, if he or she can do that, so can I. So in that sense, leaders like Isaac inspire us because their example is accessible and real and, well, even ordinary. But if we could all be ordinary Jews, maintaining the level of Isaacs and even sometimes just our immediate ancestors, our parents and our grandparents and our great grandparents, commitment to our faith, our community, our people, and our God, if we could do that, that would go a heck of a long way to securing the future of our Jewish people. Shabbat Shalom.